Roll up for the mystery tour. That's right, we're back for episode six of the Marathon Mystery Tour. Thanks for tuning in wherever you're listening, right around Australia or indeed right around the world. And it's a big shout out to my co-host in Ballarat, Mr. Steve Monaghetti. Welcome aboard, Mona. Hey, Robbo, the international city of Ballarat. That's where I am today. Yep, very good. How is it down there? Uh, it's okay. It's a bit... Um, so we're in that sort of spring weather in Ballarat, so, you know, hot one day and a bit chilly the next, so you never know what clothing. You, you get a bit caught out at the moment, you know. I, I seriously went for a run this week and it was raining, so I got the um, long sleeve top out and um, would you believe I got about 10 minutes into the run, it was like I was in a sauna. Gee, it was hot, so the humidity just got me. So I got that wrong, completely misdressed for the occasion. But anyway, you think I'd know better by now. You would. You? Well, is that the Ballarat uh, tourism slogan? Hot one day, cold, pretty cold the next. Is yeah. That, is that about right? <laughs> We're not allowed to talk about the weather right. in Ballarat or right. get sent out of town. I'll get off it. Hey, um... Big show last week, mate. It was great and a lot of good feedback coming in, a lot of listens. But uh, you went to a bit of a red carpet, black tie affair. We spoke about the Don uh, Award and we spoke about the Hall of Fame, the Sport Australia Hall of Fame Awards. I saw a photo of you looking very dapper, mate. So all those hours getting ready, they they paid off. But um, how was the night? It was an unbelievable night. It's such a celebration of... Not just, you know, and I kind of, you like to think of sport as the, the you know, the metaphor of the vehicle, but it was just great to celebrate Australians, you know, some Australians who have done amazing things. And um, in one of the most inspirational things I've ever seen in my life, I was just stunned. I think the whole room was stunned, but, um, you know, we spoke about the Don Award and Lauren being nominated and one of her... Um, contemporaries or one of her um, um, compatriots from Com Games, Kurt Fernley was announced the winner of that award and very popular winner. But his speech afterwards was one of the greatest speeches I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard a lot and it was just unbelievable. It just knocked the socks off the crowd in the room. And I think the general public who have seen it and heard it since. Yeah. Make sure you, you, you do find it folks. If you haven't heard it already, there's uh the video and the audio are available, and we might even slip a bit in here. But um, yeah, very impressive bloke, and and uh, yeah, I think that was his fourth time being nominated for that Don Award. So it was nice that he he was able to get uh, win that uh, eventually. But also um, that the first time a para athlete was uh, was awarded that award, and, that, and you know, very significant um, for the the sport and that part of the sport that he represents, and uh, that wasn't missed, I, I'm sure, and. Um, you know, those Commonwealth Games, which you were a big part of, monitoring the inclusivity, uh, that, that was, you know, really the hallmark mark of those games. It's, it's great to see that wave of, of para sports being integrated into mainstream sports in Australia. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm really supportive of that. And I can tell you, they were unbelievably good. He's unbelievable all the time, but they were, they were very good contributors to the team up at the Gold Coast. You know, I think we, and you were there in your capacity as well, you understood, but you know, it was no fuss. It just got on. It just got on with the business, and you know, um, to have them as part of the team, the team was definitely enhanced by having them as a part of the games team. No doubt about that. And um, and I think it's um, yeah, fitting. And we were we were pretty proud at Com Games because we had Sam Coffer 
inducted, but we also had four out of the eight nominations in the Don Award. So, you know, that means a lot to us as an organisation, or I'm not Don, I don't work for them, but um, I'm certainly a great supporter of Commonwealth Games Australia. And, you know, I think having the Games here on Australian soil, really the fact that we then had four people nominated, I think it just raises awareness. People say, what's the value of having these big costly events on Australian soil, well, I think the flow-on effect, and this is a good example of that, is, you know, it's changed things for, for I reckon, the Australian community. See things differently when you have such a significant event as we did on the Gold Coast. And it was just a fantastic night up um, for the for the Hall of Fame Award. You know, we had a, a forum the next day. We had some um, scholarships handed out to some younger athletes um, who will then be mentored by people from the... Um, Hall of Fame um, Association. So it was just a great night all around. It's not just about the the Hall of Famers themselves. It's really, um, you know, we try to think of it as enhancing Australian sport. Well, we're going to be getting on to some uh, other people that have been enhancing Australian sport very, very shortly. But it's a big show coming up uh, for Episode 6. We're going to have a, a wrap of the Melbourne Marathon Festival, which was on, on the weekend. Uh, we're going to chat about Peter Norman and the 50-year anniversary of his famous silver medal. And uh, we're also going to have a look forward ahead to what's coming up and the Toronto Marathon coming up uh, this weekend as well. And we've got our music segment to finish with, as always. But, Mona, let's kick off with uh, the Melbourne Marathon, mate. Uh, managed to see you briefly at the start line before you, you jetted off on your half marathon journey and I followed uh, in your dust. But, mate, uh, wrap up your, your morning for us. You've done that event a few times, I believe. But how was it this year? I have, yes. I'm an ambassador for the event, so I declare my interest. But, yep. um, you know, I've always been uh, um, involved in some capacity and, you know, I, I come and go a bit on what I do. And um, I used to run the marathon. I pace a few friends in the marathon in the good old days. But more recently... You know, I jumped in the 10 and the half and um, you and I are on the start line of the half. So put us both together and we ran a marathon, but um, and pretty good, I would have thought. I think what, <laughs> you were about bad. 80 and I was about 74. Yeah, so you had those two together, you'd be happy with that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But it was a just, it was a challenging day, it'd be fair to say. And, you know, I drove down from Ballarat on the morning, it's about an hour and a half. And already when I got, I left about, I think I left about 4.30 and my temperature gauge said um, 15 in the car as I was driving down and I just sensed, oh, gee, this is going to be, just get a little bit warm. And it stayed at that temperature, which is interesting. didn't drop overnight very much, which is really unusual at this time of the year. So athletes were met with a bit of um, a bit of a challenge and the longer you were out on the road, the more that challenge um, um, hit, raised its ugly head. I think the 10K... So the marathon started at 7, 10K at 7.30, we were at 8, and then um, the 5K event a bit later in the warmth of the day, and, and certainly there were some people out there suffering. So most people had challenging runs, even I found, you know, I was pretty good till about 15K, but the last 6K coming home, I just struggled. I got nothing off the day. Sometimes the day gives you something, sometimes it doesn't, and I just found the day was challenging for me, so... I battled a bit to sneak under 74, which, to be honest, I was a bit disappointed with, but everyone's telling me it's still a pretty good run, but <laughs> it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, very much so, and I, I experienced sort of similar. I think I had my um, my wheels falling off a bit earlier than than that, and probably as we were around Albert Park, um, just, yeah, 
looking around for people to hide behind uh, with the, with that bit of wind that was blowing. But it was a tough day, and probably uh, myself and I'm, I'm sure many others failed to probably uh, adequately re-establish what the what the goals were and those paces early on. And I, I personally probably could have gone with going a little bit slower early on. But you roll the dice, Monor, and you, you're never sure what what's going to happen on the day. But um, what I found being a first timer at the event, I really loved. Once, once the pressure was off uh, because I wasn't having the best run, I could sort of soak it up and enjoy the experience of running through, you know, the beautiful city of Melbourne. And that that uh, experience of coming in through the tunnel onto the MCG, I actually found myself um, soaking it up so much that I paused, took off the shoes and socks and, and found the uh, grass lane on the inside and did a little barefoot lap of the MCG to finish off my run. So that was a Good bit of fun. You. That was a bit yeah. of fun. And, um, and actually... You know, not not far behind was uh, Michael Roger coming through, breaking his world record, and then only minutes later, Sinead Diver. So I managed to pull the phone out and um, get a video of Sinead coming across the line, and I could hardly believe what I was seeing. And you know, you you were there, and you've seen the reaction as well. What about that run? It it, it struck me as probably one of the the greatest you know runs we've seen, certainly on Aussie soil, um, many in many years, and maybe ever. Yeah, it was amazing, and. I think uh, we knew she was in great shape. We, you know, we've pumped her up on this show, and I think everyone realised how well she's going. She's dominated Australian distance running in the last um, eight nine months. Her and Jack Rayner, they're a tag team, and yeah. and he was pacing her as it turns yep. out. And what a wonderful job! But then Stewie McSwain, not not bad two runners to have just rolling no, along beside you, helping you out, which was good. <laughs> but she still needed to run it, and um, I saw her. I came out. Um, joined the back of um, the marathon event and we just uh, noticed her just up ahead and I thought, oh, this is good. I'll just be able to slot in the back here and she just took off like I was standing still. So that was never going to happen. So she ran on so well. And we've talked about how tough the day was. She's a complete outlier because (laughs) her run was just amazing considering everyone else ran about well, from zero to 10 minutes worse than they've, than they've ever ran before. And she ran six-minute PB, yeah. the fourth fastest Australian female ever, fourth fastest on Australian soil, only behind the three Sydney Olympic runners. So that's 18 years ago um, since we've seen the likes of that run on Australian soil, and it was just incredible. Yeah, so I was that... glad to be. You know, it's almost one of those runs you say, in, in years to come, we'll say, gee, I remember that run. That well, was Bloody terrific run! Well, I think I put my video up on Instagram, and the first hashtag was "I was there," and it and it really was one of those moments. I wanted to say and celebrate the fact that we were there to witness that it was jaw dropping. And um, in honour of Sinead's fantastic performance there, mate, I'm going to make it public on this show right here that I think uh, we should now, as a nation, refer to the five dollar note as a Sinead diver. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Love your work. That's great. <laughs> I've never been up all night thinking up that <laughs> one. Yeah. Worth waiting for. Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, outstanding. Liam Adams, uh, great little story there. Liam, uh, the electrician running in his tradie singlet. That was, uh, that was, that was a bit different, but at 2.15... <laughs> Good run from Liam uh, on his own for a lot of it, and uh, he's a tough competitor as we know, and that's that's another another solid run, that, and we know he's capable of going, you know, uh, plenty quicker than that. But yeah, pretty. Ever seen that, mate? Someone win a big city marathon in the in their work singlet? No, that's unique, <laughs> and it got some great reaction. He's he's a bit of a character we love, Liam. But mm. I tell you, he's he's tough, and yeah. to win a marathon and win your home 
state marathon, a home city marathon. That is unusual. I'm sure he uh, he was having he got a bit um, tired, and I think he had a foot pro toenail problem as well near the end of the race. Yes. So he's battling to get across the line, but gee, he would have enjoyed that moment and um, well deserved to him. And what I love is the two, you know, two Australian um, winners yep. picking up the twenty thousand, and yep. Sinead actually getting another twenty for breaking the course yeah. record. So great to have that sort of money now being injected and being you know won by australian athletes and it's yep. good i think gee that's how that's what you want to see for the benefit of our sport yeah certainly and there's no shortage of headlines from the morning sinead liam as we mentioned throw michael roger in there uh, breaking yeah. a world record for his para uh, classification and not far off a, a, the overall a, uh, ambulant world record as well which will keep him hungry so um, lots to lots to get excited about. Even though back in the middle of the back of the pack, we were, people were doing it pretty tough. But yeah, I, I, I just love the fact that you know, even in our event, Brett Robinson, um, <clears throat> Melanie Panayotu, the winners in that half marathon. You know, you're up there, you're, you're up there sharing that start line with them, and and they they both had outstanding runs uh, as well. I don't know how much you saw of either of them, mate. I didn't see too much of Robbo. <laughs> he was down some Kilda Road in yeah. the distance, but. Mel came up beside me at about um, 6K, I think, and uh, maybe that's what it, what got me tired in the second half because I, I took off and then I thought, gee, <laughs> come on, let's get going here. Yep. But um, she yep. actually, she was just behind me. And, um, yeah, she seems to have bounced back into a bit of form, I think, coached by Dick Telford, I think, yep. so yeah, um, yeah, right. getting back on, which was great. Uh, it's good to see her back out, um, you know, getting it done again. She's represented Australia in um, international competition before. So always that's just an example of that depth. I think in we've spoken about, we don't need to pump up women's Australian distance mm. running, but gee, we're going to because <laughs> they're, the, they're front and centre. Yeah, no cer- about that. certainly are. And um, the other piece of news from Melbourne, there was a spotting many people thought of, uh, of Jake Robertson, the Kiwi uh, marathoner. Now we're going to talk about him shortly, but mm-hmm. um, there's a young fella from Newcastle way, uh, Kyle Pinkerton, and he, he's a dead ringer for Jake Robertson, a lot of people reckon. So we've come up with a hashtag for him. It's called Fake Jake, and uh, so be on the lookout. And um, I think he was uh, up around where you were running too. I think he had a pretty good run, 72 minutes or so. So he's done all right, the, the Jake Kyle, impersonator. Kyle, he's up. <laughs> you know, I saw him on the start line, and yeah. that was the end of him as well. So I know he ran really well. Hey, um, so we'll put a tick next to that one. Good run uh, for yourself, Monor. I've got some unfinished business with Melbourne. I'm I'm talking up maybe coming to do the marathon next year. So if you've got some um, some pacing about you next year, you might be able to help me. I'll need all I can get. I reckon. Yeah, well, you've, you've, it's public now. You, you're committed. It's there. So, it's so. there. And just another quick one, Johnny Marr. I think either oh, equaled yes. or broke the Australian um, 55 to 60 marathon time. And Johnny's, you know, he's. There's probably only two of us that are still sort of hanging in there from our ear, and um, that's a really good run. He ran 73 at the Burnley half, so he's had a couple of good lead-up races and um, a terrific run from Johnny. So yeah. I'm claiming he broke it, but I think you're proving that he's equal. Well, I'm not sure, yeah. Wouldn't the, that be frustrating? God, the, I mean, how could you go that far? You could not equal it. That's almost <laughs> impossible. You couldn't equal it if you tried it, I Oz, reckon. Ozrunning.net, and you can look it up if you like, but, yeah, the 55 age group. Um, this is this is the actual age, but yeah, two thirty-seven fourteen level with George McGrath from the Richmond Marathon, nineteen seventy-five. We might have to get some clarification on that, but yeah, great, great run, uh, two thirty-seven in the fifty-fives, and um, uh, yeah, we might we might get onto some other uh, age group running later on in the show as well.
Well, but um, another bit mm-hmm. of news running-wise, not so much marathon running, Mono, during the week, but the uh, you would have caught the 50-year anniversary of the Mexico City uh, Olympic Games So and that famous 200-metre final featuring Australia's Peter Norman and uh, and Tommy Smith and, and John Carlos and the, the podium uh, salute that was made famous and uh, or infamous as well. But uh, any... Uh, any personal uh, memories of Peter Norman? Mona, do you ever have anything to do with him? I did indeed, and a ripper bloke, just a great fella. And um, you know, he worked here in Victoria and uh, contributed back to sport. And he was also always humble and uh, just a great bloke to be around. And um, I'm so delighted that you know he's got the recognition uh, finally. You know, he got a bit ostracised by. Um, Australian Olympic Committee and it just, you know, he's, it was just sad what happened and to see him recognised, going to have a statue and then movie and book out at the moment and some real recognition on the 50th anniversary is just terrific and I'm, I'm so delighted. I'm sure pity it didn't happen when he was alive. Yeah, but anyway, it's better right. late than never and um, it's sad in yep. one way but so exciting to get that recognition. And that's, you know, that's an example of such a small moment in time and yet, you know that that salute is just, um, you know, become so um, so such a, an historic event. And I did hear a little story. I'm not sure if it's actually true, true or not. But Peter Norman actually told me a story. But I won't I won't spoil it. So it's just a memory that I have of a personal um, tale that um, Peter told me. And I don't want to I don't want to say it in case it. Um, detracts from what actually happened and I don't want to change history but Peter said something to me that was slightly different to the interpretation that we now have which is interesting there just the personal anecdotes he wasn't big noting himself but he was just we're having a chat one day and and that's what he told me so he was a part of um, you know such a significant event and it's great to get the recognition and try and get out and read that book and see the movie it's it's a terrific um, um, movie as well made by his son Matt Norman I think Yep, and um, the other fella from that same game, so Ralph Dobell has a, has a book out now as well. Now, his record um, stood for all those years but was uh, finally beaten uh, just last year, Joey Dang getting that men's 800 record. And, I mean, interesting, Peter Norman's record still stands, 50 years plus now, 2003. But uh, Ralph Dobell, a, a hero, and great to see that he finally caught up for a chat and there was a photo of him and uh, Joseph Dang. So it was great that those those two could share memories, the outgoing and the and the current holder of that record. But uh, there's been some questions, Mona, about about eras and about you know comparing runs and records that have stood for a while. And I believe that's something that you you might might, might want to contribute to. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's just interesting. Just since Elliot Kipchoge has broken the world record and the talk about the sub two hours, and there's certainly been a lot of interest in in marathon running and times. And you, you mentioned like Ralph DeBell's record taking almost 50 years, just under, and then Peter Norman still standing. And, you know, and people talk to me, oh, you know, son, oh, you know, you ran 2.8 and, you know, guys, you'd be seven minutes behind Kipchoge. And, and they're all, that's all factual. But to, to the point, I don't, I just live in the era of the era and I ran 2.8. It was, you know, a minute and a half off the world record. And, I think you just enjoy the era for what it was. I don't like comparing eras and people say to me, oh, what would you run now if you were running? And, you know, to be honest, I'd probably run a minute and a half behind the world record, which would be 2-4 or something because that's what I did at the time. So 
I was a minute and a half behind the benchmark and you just run to the era. So I don't like that sort of comparison because Absolutely. I ran two eight sixteen when it when it two eight stood up when it when I did it. I did it. We were we were chatting about it last night. I mean if I had a be if I had ran that five years earlier, I would have broken the world record. I could say that as well. Or I can say twenty seven or twenty eight years later I was seven minutes behind, you know. So why would you compare? Yeah. I just like to live in the present and say, well, the the time was this is what it was and at the time it was, you know, the fastest time in the world or whatever. And I think we, you know, you don't need to compare. So you look at Ralph Dobell's time and Peter Norman's time, and they were unbelievable performances then, but we don't need to compare them to now. Just enjoy them for the for the moments so they were when they happened. You know, I don't, I kind of, I, you know, oh, when are we going to see Peter Norman's record broken? You know, how come it took so long for Ralph Dobell's record to be broken? How come my City to Surf record still stands? Well, they're all great. Um, trivia points, but the fact of the matter is we should appreciate when you run them, when you see them, were you there? Did you appreciate the moment? We were there when Sinead Diver ran 225 yeah. and we'll remember that. We don't yeah. need to compare if someone runs quicker, oh yeah, but someone, no. On the day, it was an unbelievable experience and we were there to see it and I reckon just enjoy the moment, don't compare eras and life's a bit simpler if you do that, have that philosophy. <laughs> You're listening to the Marathon Mystery Tour. Great to have you on board. And the next stop on the tour, Mono, we've got a, a an interesting race coming up in Canada this weekend in the Toronto Marathon, which is making a bit of a name for itself these days. But some big names uh, internationally and from the Aussie tilt. So Jake Robertson is confirmed to line up the Kiwi marathoner and he he could have uh he could run you know something very special there but uh jess trengove having her run over there as well in the women's marathon and then i believe sean crichton is also lining up uh for a start there in uh and maybe un- giving the aussie masters marathon record a, a bit of a uh bit of a shake there so mate have you, you you've raced in canada you've uh you've won in canada before but what what are your expectations ahead of this one yeah, surprisingly, I didn't realise Toronto Marathon was such a high-level marathon. They have got really strong um, fields in both men's and women's. Um, so I, I'm, it's actually snuck under my radar. I didn't realise. I, I know when Jess um, told me that I saw her on the Gold Coast and she said her next marathon was going to be um, potentially in Toronto. And I yep. kind of thought, really? Why would you go there? But obviously it's a um, it's grown in reputation and uh, the fields are cracking fields. So I'm looking forward to it. I've... Actually, I think it's also the World Masters um, Championships. I'm, I'm actually helping out a guy who's running. He's in our age group, and he's over there at the moment. He told me it's chance of snowing, so it could be challenging <laughs> conditions on yeah. Sunday. So, But he's looking to have a good run, and it just seems like this, the event's actually got really high profile. So it's snuck under my radar, that's for sure. And, you know, I think Jess would be fired up and really excited yeah. after um, knowing what Sinead's run. So um, that'll give her some incentives they get on well yep. and i'm sure that will just raise the sights a little bit so interesting to see how she goes yeah it's a case of you know uh i think she will exactly take what Sinead's done and and that will fire her up and she'll be thinking well you know um let's yeah let's see what i can do now and it's it's really it's really fantastic for women's marathoning and distance running so good luck to to jess and uh and to sean all the aussies taking part in the toronto marathon we'll see if we can follow that and uh 
Bernie 10, I think this is, is this weekend as well. Mono, there's some of the best Aussie runners uh, lining up for that as well. Going around. Yeah, so. just oh, just a little story, Robbo. I, yeah. Um, on the Robertson boys, because yes. um, they're, you know, they're cousin, ruling the world and cousins, going really well. Obviously. Your cousins, that's right, <laughs> taught them all they know. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was interesting, they had a little doco, must have been on, I'm not sure it was on pay TV or TV, and um, my son was watching it, Matthew, and he's 18, and... He was just, you know, he watched it and he said, oh, wow, those Robertson boys, they, they are legends. They are just unbelievable. And um, anyway, I just sort of, I sat him down and I said, just, just, just hang on a minute, my friend. <laughs> you know, I'd run, I've run quicker than him over the JJ the marathon just. And at the time, I think I was a couple of seconds slower than him over the half marathon. Yep. And anyway, I just had to tell my son, hey, <laughs> just remember your old man's in amongst all this legend status. Don't start giving this legends out willy-nilly. So go. I have to see one or two, my friend. <laughs> Jake so Robinson. Good luck to Jake. And, no, um, definitely. They fitted. They've changed their life, you know, moved to Kenya and trained with and like Africans for a number of years now, and they're really reaping the benefits of it. So it's exciting. He uh, he could he could certainly run uh, really fast, and well, obviously the conditions are going to be dependent. Yep. Give the times a bit of a shake, but um, look forward to seeing what he can do. Well, sorry, mate. To no, no, that, don't and be sorry. Bernie, around, Bernie, one of my favourite races. He kind of kick-started my career, to be honest. I won there in 85, and I'd just come off a terrible... World Uni Games 10K performance and came home with my tail between my legs and they said, do you want to come over and run this race? And I said, I said, oh, God, I'm not going very well. And anyway, over I went and had a blinding run and it just got me back on the horse. And away I went from then and went back another couple of times and had some really good runs over there. So it's one of my favourite events. Lovely, really treat the athletes well and great place to go. Very good. I hope to I hope to tick it off the list one day. I'd love to do some of those Tassie races. So uh, I'll have to get down there at some point. We could take the the marathon tour podcast on tour down there, maybe. Hey, mate. Um, Sounds good. Mate, it's time to talk music. And I wasn't sure where to take it this week, but uh, I think drawing on some inspiration from the winner of the female marathon on uh, on Sunday in in Melbourne, um, I think we've found our answer. Now, uh, to give you some background, this athlete she does have an Irish background. We do see we, we claim her now, don't we? Though, Mona, well, she is an Aussie. We do. Yeah, yeah she's chosen yeah. to run for Australia, yep. but she's Irish. So, and uh, this is your suggestion, actually, mate, so I'm going to let you take the credit for it and, and set it up. So what a, what's the uh, Mona's pick uh, music selection this, this week? What's it inspired by? And it, I was running this week, and I thought, oh, gee, we've got to do um, some treat for Sinead. So I thought of um, Steve Winwood, Ark of the Diver, and then I thought, oh, yeah, that'd be pretty. It's a bit out there. No one would really know yeah. um, that. I think it was a great album by Steve Winwood. Anyway, then I thought, I've got better Irish, Sinead, Sinead O'Connor. And the song actually is very appropriate. The Prince cover, Nothing Compares to You. How appropriate is that? So I've got the Sinead in there, got the Irish in there, and the song title really pays homage to the great run that she had. Perfect. Let's have a listen. So there you go, Sinead O'Connor. In honour of Sinead Diver and a great selection, inspired selection this week for Mona's pick. And um, another, uh, speaking of covers, Mona, someone else that covered that song, yeah. uh, you may or may not be aware of, the late, great Chris Cornell, 
the front man of Soundgarden, part of the Seattle oh, grunge right. scene, yeah. and he's got a little version of it as well, which isn't too bad. So good yeah. to see everyone getting amongst it. One of the great voices and sad, again, another sad ending, but one of the great voices mm. of um, rock, I yep. think. And, um, you know, that I love that um, Nirvana or that era of Soundgarden grunge scene yep. out of Seattle. Yep, that's my bread and butter, all that Good stuff. So we'll, we'll get on. We'll have a show dedicated to that one week. But uh, no, mate, great, great choice once again. And uh, folks, that's going to wrap us up for episode six. Thanks very much for joining us for the ride once again. Thanks for your time, Steve. And uh, mate, good luck this weekend for your running and your cheering and following all the action right around the world. And uh, yeah, mate, have fun. Happy running. Cheer loudly for those Australians and Australasians and enjoyed it. An absolute treat this week. Good on you, Robbo. All right, mate. Catch you next time.